discover the possibilities of internal medicine. My name is Sarah Tyner. I'm a third year medical student, and I am delighted to be speaking with Dr. Maldonado. She's a practicing primary care and internal medicine physician at Mount Sinai Doctors in Yonkers, New York. She is passionate about health equality and assisting medical students and residents in developing and realizing their own authentic aspirations. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Maldonado. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy to be here. And I know that you've really kind of been advocating to spend more time with patients. So I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about how you've actually really gone about doing that. Well, I mean, what I would really say here is that I am struck sometimes by how powerless a lot of us feel, you know, medical students, residents, attending physicians, faculty, there's so much of this, I have to do this, I have to do that. There's no other way of doing it. Um, but I think if you get really clear on how you're feeling and what your needs are, and you express those in a way that is not judging how systems are or how other people are doing things, you are much more likely to get what you need. And I, I honestly think that if all of us got together, we could really disrupt the system. I think that we need to be much more hopeful about that. And we need to really own the power that we have. And it starts with these individual decisions that you make for yourself. If you, if you go into a practice, there is this term that's called relative value units, RVUs. And that is just how we bill for the time that we spend with patients. Uh, most of us are going to be told that you have to achieve a certain amount of RVUs as part of your contract. Um, but when it came time again to look at the contract, I really just said, you know, I just feel like um, my need to be valued for the work as a physician is just like not re really being met. Um, I wonder if you'd be willing to consider doing the contract in a different kind of way. But it is hard for big systems to set that kind of precedent. And I think the systems though are moving in that direction where they are basing compensation on you know, the quality of care that patients are receiving. It, it may take a while, but I am looking forward to a time where RBUs are truly taken off of the table, right? And we truly figure out how much time we need to be uh, spending with our patients. And I think that that's the dream. How do we take care of the needs of all of the stakeholders in a way that is not compromised, in a way that is meaningfully taking care of both of them? What you're saying gives me just so much hope um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of fear for me also sometimes about going into the medical field. Um, one thing that you actually wrote on your blog that really sort of spoke to me is you wrote, primary care physicians are coping with the crushing patient load and reams of paperwork, kind of what you just said, and we're kind of being set up to fail and that we really must push back and must be concerned and must not be concerned by worries that we won't be able to afford to pay back our student loans or create a stable financial environment for our families. And that excerpt really spoke to me about kind of when I'm considering my own career path. And I'm curious sort of what is your advice for medical students in finding what you call really the authentic aspiration and sort of this maze of contradictions to continue to use your own words? Yeah, this is such a great question, Sarah. Thank you. Um, 
So I guess I would say, be really honest with yourself, right? And get very clear on what you want. Because once you do that, then you can start taking the actions that you need to create the kind of life that you want for yourself. You know, to really dream. If you start thinking about like, you know, what, what kind of a career do I want? What kind of a personal life do I want, right? You know, where do I want to be living? How do I want to be spending my time? I, I would also say really realize how powerful you are. That, you know, you had this thought in your head one day, it's like, I really like to go to medical school. And you were excited about that. And you took all the actions to get there and you created that outcome. So, so many people, once they get into medical school, um, we get so bogged down in the day-to-day -day of learning everything that we almost stop forgetting to dream. And I think it's really important to continue dreaming. So all the work that you're putting into it is no longer, I have to be doing this. It's I'm choosing to do this because this, these are steps on my way of getting to this place. So we need to be honest about it. Um, and I think once you get very clear about what you want, opportunities open up for you. So for example, um, I had put off having children for a while. I decided to have a child in my third year of residency. And so when I was looking for jobs after residency, and I realized that I had this young child at home and all I wanted to do was spend all of this time, but I, I had done all of this work to get to that point, I started thinking, well, what would make me happy? And this, I knew I wanted to be in academic medicine, and this job opened up for me where I could work four half days, one full day, no weekends, no call, and have an academic appointment. And I precepted medical students and it was the perfect blend for me. And that's how I've just like sort of conducted my life, right? Really being clear about what do I want? What do, not, not what your medical school wants for you, not what your not what your fellow medical students are doing, not what your faculty are doing, not what your family thinks you should be doing, but what truly makes you happy and paying attention to that voice because that's how you get to create what you want. And I and I have to tell you that a career in medicine is absolutely beautiful. I I, I cannot convey that enough. Um, you have, there are so many different opportunities to do whatever it is that you want to do in medicine, right? And, and it's not all set in stone. You can always pivot. You can always change direction, right? Um, so yeah, that's my long-winded answer to your question. That was a beautiful long-winded, I'm glad I'm on mute. I'm going to get emotional over here. Um, I'm curious, you also kind of write a lot about your role as medical educator and your personal interactions with patients and the medical system. How has sort of medical narrative writing really influenced how you practice medicine? Yeah, well, you know, so medical narrative, it gives you an opportunity to reflect, you know, so we know that in medical education, that reflection is so important. Right, because in, in that moment, there are things that happen 
that you may not have a, an opportunity to, to act in your best interests, in the patient's best interests. There are times that um, we can disappoint ourselves. You know, we could disappoint patients, we can do all of those things. Um, and I think that reflection is really important. And I think that there's a lot of judgment of ourselves as physicians. And I think, I think that that's part of the problem in, you know, sort of burnout and well-being, and, you know, in that whole dialogue. And I think that really having our own backs and, and really just understanding what happened in a certain circumstance and sort of going through it, uh, it, is, it can be very, very helpful in a way that is curious and in a way that's compassionate. So medical narrative allows you to do that because you have to get it down on paper. So when you get it down on paper, you really get to see sort of your thoughts and your actions and your feelings right there in black and white. And then you can begin to make sense out of it. You know, and it's like, you know, so what am I supposed to take from this particular circumstance? You know, and what do I think that I need to tell the world about? You know, like, what, what do I need to convey? And so that that's how medical narrative can be um, so important. And I, you know, I just really enjoy uh, writing. I enjoy seeing it on the paper, uh, on paper, and just like really making sense out of, you know, all of the messy things that can happen on a regular basis. I'm also just curious how you've sort of navigated those, a gender gap and a race gap in the medical field. How have you as a physician and a woman and a person of color, kind of what is your advice for medical students in promoting equality in these areas? From a systemic point of view, I think that things are really changing. Right. I think that the work around diversity, equity and inclusion is becoming meaningful. And I think that there is definitely teeth to that. And, and you know, I think that there are more choices for women. So I, I think like putting yourself in environments where that is really honored is really important. And having an expectation that there is going to be equity and having an expectation that there is going to be transparency about that. Um, you know, for me, that's a need, right? I have a need for fairness. I have a need for equity, right? I have a need for honest, honesty. I have a need for um, authenticity, all of those kinds of things. And I think being really clear about that, you know, and there is a lot of literature about how we negotiate for all of those things. Not being, a, not being afraid to negotiate, not being afraid to ask questions, putting yourself in systems where you can get answers to those questions. So organizations like American College of Physicians or the Alliance for Academic Internal Medicine, right? There is a lot of transparency about that. And, you know, just keeping your ear close to the ground to learn about those things. I believe that there's a way of calling things out without... Um, without necessarily judgment. And I know that that sounds crazy, right? But, but I think that there is a way to just say, you know, when it is done like this, when a system is, is, is acting in this kind of way, I am really unsettled or I'm frustrated or I'm irritated because my need for equity is not being met. I wonder if you'd be willing to discuss a mechanism for addressing that. 
And, you know, that opens up a lot of uh, different conversations. And, and I think that we need to just like acknowledge our value that we bring. And I think that that gives us a lot of confidence to ask uh, for what we need and what we want and what we deserve. Just letting that settle in. Um, I think that is incredibly powerful. And I think being able to come to the table to medicine in that way is completely changes the dynamic. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, that was really, yeah, it came at a time in my own life where I feel like it really kind of was a good shake to yeah. be, to, yeah, to kind of refine that passion of why, I, why I'm here. Yes. So, so important. My pleasure. So wonderful to talk to you today, Sarah. Yeah. Thank you.